Are you listening? Welcome into another episode of Crunch Time. I'm your host, Joe Hamilton, alongside my producer slash co-host, Weezer Weir. And my guest today is none other than Theo, who has... This this man has saved me a few times doing this show. Theo, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. It's a beautiful November day outside. Sun is shining, and uh, yeah, just happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Hey, no problem. Hey, how's the weather out there in Canada? It's a little in crisp. Canada, I mean, we're starting, we're starting to get some, no snow yet, but I mean, it's, we're getting frost and whatnot, but I mean, I, I'm not complaining. I mean, it's supposed to be a high of uh, about 52, 53 this weekend, so I'll take right. it. And, just got uh, the same weather we got. Yeah, I mean, it's quite. Uh, it's going to be a very warm and mild weekend. So for those that have been procrastinating getting the winter work done, putting the the sticks out, the hay bales, making sure the snowblower is ready, finding the shovel, all those wonderful things, uh, you get to do it in plus uh, temperatures still, as opposed to watching snow fly. How about you, Weez? How you doing? Good. Uh, you know, late blues game last night at the bar. So, you know, voice isn't in it yet. Yeah, I know. You you have that sultry tone to your voice, though, anyway, so this just adds to it. Oh, that's kind of a weird thing to say to a dude, Joe. Well, I I don't... (laughs) Hey, hey, in a sense, uh, don't think of it that way. But before we get going and before I have this read, I have an update on Frankie Fessler, friend of the show, also co-host on the other show. Um, He is having surgery again tomorrow to try to get a to get an infection out i don't know where but all i want to say is pray for frankie that's all i'm asking um it's it's kind of a weird bad situation he's been in the hospital now it'll be two weeks on monday so let's uh let's pray for him um just before we get started here i also want to remind you that Dubois lanes is open seven days a week uh as of right now they offer birthday packages uh, starting at $6 per kid on Saturday and Sunday. Their open play hours are 9 to 5 daytime and 9 to 12 evenings. Uh, for more information, give them a call at 314-892-3900 or go, go to dubolanes.net. Eat, drink, Dubol. Um, I kind of want to just talk today about the this, this Chicago Blackhawks situation. This is something that has been percolating Day after day after day. If you guys don't know, uh, Bradley Aldridge, the the then uh, video coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, was accused and now is guilty of sexual uh, harassment or actually um, assault. A sexual assault. Thank you. I I was trying to get the word out. I'm I'm on a roll here. Uh, Sexual assault and... uh, there was an interview that just just came out with the John Doe of the Chicago former Chicago Blackhawk, turned out to be um, Kyle Beach. Uh, Theo, I kind of want to talk to you first. Uh, when you first read, did, first of all, did you read the report and what you did read? What was your first reaction, man? I'll be honest with you. I mean, I thought I was reading a penthouse letter. Uh, it was one of those things that just you. You were wondering where this story was going, who was telling the story, if it was truly him, you know, his words, or if it was fed to him. I mean, there were so many different things going through my mind because you don't expect 
actions like this without results immediately. You don't think these things take this long to go through the muds, go through its journey, and then 11 years later, it pops up. But we've seen it in the past. So, I mean, once you read that report and once you start seeing the names that are being mentioned, it's like, whoa, like this is this is a big deal. And not because the player is a, you know, the player is a player, but it's mentioning situations and a timeline to which uh, was very uh, important for the Chicago Blackhawks at the time, Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, mentioning somebody who, uh, not several years later, a few years later, is charged with sexual assault with a minor in another state. I mean, plus going to other universities and being involved as a videographer. I mean, all of these stipulations and all these, you know, mentions is just not a passing of the buck, but who's going to take the responsibility to mention it to the right people? And why aren't the people in those positions uh, as being powerful non-bystanders doing something about it? That was the big concern. Like, why did this take so long for this to happen? And there's so much to this story that, you know, is going to unravel some more. But certainly we've seen heads fall. Certainly we've seen heads survive. And we've seen some crossing outs on Stanley Cups now. And which is, I mean, I've got my opinion on that too. But it's quite a, it's one of those stories that, you know, you don't want to hear about. But, you know, is going to bring out some black eyes and some bruises on some heavily big organizations here. Yeah, I would happen to agree with that. Also, since then, you've had Stan Bowman step down as GM uh, of the Blackhawks. You've had um, Joe Quenville step down as the head coach of the Florida Panthers, was the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks team back in 2010. And it's funny, this has a Winnipeg Jets kind of feel to this because – a lot of people are not happy that Kevin Dayoff wasn't let go or at least didn't resign. Um, we talked about this earlier this week over a phone call, Theo. Kind of talk about your thoughts on that front, too, being in Manitoba. Well, of course, I mean, Chevy's been here since day one. He's He's been putting the blueprint together for this team for the last 11 years. Um, there's a lot of mixed reactions over the last week or so of what's been going on. Kevin Sheveldayov has not resigned, nor has he stepped down, and he has the full support of True North, which runs uh, both Winnipeg Jets and Canada Life Center, where they play. He did have a press conference a couple days back and sat down, addressed the media, addressed everything. And there's a couple of quotes I want to read from this article from the Winnipeg Free Press from a couple of uh, writers, Mac McIntyre and Jason Bell. He states, knowing that I know today, I wish I could have been an empowered bystander. Now, when you hear the word bystander, what's the next word that you put in front of that? And it like innocent, like, exactly. yeah, all, yeah, all the time you hear innocent bystander. Yep. Yeah. So here he is stating he wishes he could have been an empowered bystander. And nowhere in that report is his name really mentioned. I don't think Kyle Beach mentions Kevin Sheveldayov's name. I think his name was in the report. At least was in the report? I, mean, I think so. Yeah. But through all of it, he mentions Bowman's name many times, Quenville's name many times, McIsaac's name many times. So is he exonerated from everything? No. I mean, the bottom line is his position at the time was assistant GM. 
he was privy to certain information. But at the same time, when you have players or people that are above you with better authority, more authority to make decisions and to make things happen, you don't want to assume, but you he took the role of saying, okay, these matters are going to be dealt with by upper management, his GM, the owners, the people that were in that room at the time. Another quote he mentions, he says, Kyle was failed by the system that should have helped him, but it did not. And said several days, I'm sorry, my own assumptions about that system were clearly not good enough. So it's after the fact, of course. I mean, but he still feels that if he could have done something, he would have. And yes, he could have done something, but expected his authorities to do something more. So through it all is a gentleman who still has his job, still has his role as GM of the Winnipeg Jets. And massive question marks of, in hindsight, why didn't you say something or why didn't you do something at the time? And his answer was there were other people there that could have done exactly the same thing. Then, then here's the thing, Theo. He's kind of putting the blame on everybody else when in all the reality, I don't care if you don't have as much clout or not, you're still a part of the organization. You say something. If no one else says something, it's your job to say something, right? Well, so here's the, here's the caveat to the rest of that. When Kyle Beach leaves the organization at the end of that season, he's under the assumption, because he's not privy to all the conversation, he's under the assumption that now Kyle Beach has been moved on, the situation has been dealt with and handled, and they're moving forward. So, again, you know what the word assume stands for. It's making an ass out of you and me. And here is a very prominent general manager in two organizations, the Blackhawks and now the Jets, stating that, you know, you make wonderful, you make massive decisions every day. You trade players. You want to make the betterment of a team. But here you are in your early years as an assistant GM not doing what you should have done. And, I mean... I said to you earlier, Joe, when you have your meeting with Gary Bettman and Daly, and you have your press conference in front of your fans, in front of the media in your own town, and as long as you're – like for me, if I was in his shoes, I'm not, I don't want to be in Chevy's shoes, but if I was in his shoes, I would say to myself, after leaving that conference or after leaving that meeting, do I feel comfortable in my own conscience, in my own skin, saying what I said and knowing that I did everything I possibly could have? Then I'll be able to go to sleep at night. Yeah, that that's the only way you're able to sleep at night if you're Kevin Shovel Day off. Now, Weez, I want to get your thoughts on everything me and Theo have talked about to this point. Um, is there anything that you want to add? Anything that you disagree with us on? Well, I mean, can't really disagree on this at any point. Well, you, yeah, yeah, but the, the you know, you know, the the climate of a front office in sports is male dominant, right? And their only focus is to win games because if they don't win games, they're out of a job. So when something like this comes up, like, they're just not, they don't know how to handle a situation like this, right? Their best was like, just let it go. Let us win the cup. Winning the cup will fix everything. And, you know, but I've, I, I run, I run a camp 
for kids and like the biggest safety thing is like protecting the kids from like sexual assault there's if it should be every workplace you have to go through like you know this sort of thing but sports is such a male dominant thing no one ever thinks about this it's just time to get more you know 10 years ago was a long time in this this you know think about it. the me too just kind of started back up here in in the past five years 10 10 11 years ago seems like ages ago in way people think yes i think everybody i don't think uh chevy should have been i don't think he should have had to resign because there were four or five people above and if he steps out he loses his job right over a story at the time i'm sure they didn't want out i mean up to a year ago quinville still denying that he knew anything about it right so, I really think it's just, you know, once you start covering things up, that's where you get in trouble because now you have to start lying. And once you start lying, that's when things come back to haunt you. And that's why everybody had to step down. But if they just would have handled it, if there was proper training on how, how to handle situations like this in the first place, it would have been taken care of. It kind of reminds me my high school, Kirkwood High School, is going through. A 40 years of sexual it's all kind of the same thing like the one teacher uh you know had sex with a 15 year old student and they didn't they they fired him they didn't turn you know they didn't they were like you got to go but they didn't report it right so he went on and he went to another school and then he went to a college and he did the same thing right same thing with this guy it got to the point where uh you know he he had multiple vic victims because no one reported you know if, if you fire with cause, be like, hey, our video guy was a creep, all right? We had to let him go. You let other people know in the industry. But once again, they're just, there was powerful men that didn't know what to do in the situation, and they just thought the best thing for us to do is just cover it up. Hold on, before you go, Joe, you just said something that was like very important. When it comes to you knowing that that person is a quote-unquote creep, he still gets hired by not only just another organization, but a university. Yeah, with yeah. younger people. The, cre the the worst part is he took the Stanley Cup trophy to a high school when he had it. You know, he took the yeah, cup to I the mean, high like, school, the, and you the, know what he just did. Right. There should have been like, I, I get, you know, the I don't want to say cover up, but you're allowing this to stew. Yeah, you're allowing this to grow. You're allowing this mold to you know feed on other things and when it feeds and it grows, it was kept under the carpet for so many years. And I mean, I get where Kyle's coming from as the, you know, John Doe, because his ultimate goal is he wants to play in the NHL. First round draft pick, mid team draft pick, high accolades, you know, obviously a team thought he was going to be a very prominent player within the organization. It's a first round draft pick. There's not many that happen every year. And here he is, you know, allowed quote unquote, to stay with the organization to join in, do the festivities of winning the cup. And then he gets shuffled off overseas. And this videographer works for a university the next year. Yeah. For two more years, for three more years, till 2014, until he finally gets charged with sexual assault with another kid in Michigan. Like that's the part that really bothers me is because when you go through a job application or an interview and you get called up as a reference. The only question you can be asked here is, would you hire this person for this position? Yes right. or no. Who in their right minds in that organization in Chicago said, yes, I want to know that. 
because here you are, if it's someone different than McIsaac and Bowman, they too should be gone. Because if you're telling me you'd hire that person, whether he's changed or not, or he's got different ways, clearly he did not. Right. Yeah. I, and the funny part to me was, just going back to the Quenville side of it, how in the hell was he allowed to coach? That that last game for this all came out before that interview came out. How in the hell was Quinville allowed to coach that Florida Panthers team? Can anyone explain that shit to me? Well, it was, was Rafe's decision, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, he hadn't met with Batman yet, and it was yeah. But he he thought he thought he was gonna come out of this. You know, this was right before Stan Bowman, uh, you know, said what he said that Quinville said. You know, winning the cup is more important than sexual assault, like. Bowman said Quinville said that that came out the next day, like the, the very next day. Quinville thought he was going to like meet with the commissioner. He would probably maybe get suspended for, you know, people thought maybe the rest of the season. But once Stan said what he said, Quinville was gone. You know, is it this is what they they don't understand this. Right, Joe? This is not what they're used to dealing with. They think that, you know, they're kind of powerful guys. They can dodge some of this stuff. They he thought. He might have just got suspended, so he coached that game. Uh, it's still, a lot of prominent people in the industry, I, like I've watched the NHL Network, they're like, he should have never coached. I watched TNT, he should have never coached. You know, just different things. ESPN even said it. You know, the fact is, even if even if he thought that way, that still doesn't give him the right or give the NHL the right to let him coach. And now... What what shocks me about everything is this whole thing went to the Players Association. The head of that organi- organization is Donald Fear, and he did nothing about it. What does that say about the NHL uh, Players Association at this point? I mean, it, it almost sounds to me like it's a shit show. It sounds like a cover-up. It sounds like if Donald Fear knew what had happened, he did not act in the intention of protecting and taking care of the players, which is his number one role. He acted to take care of the NHL and to save its image for 11 years, not telling the story, not allowing this to come out. And there are players. I mean, Wayne Simmons has come out and publicly said he has very big issues with the PA right now because of what has happened. And rightfully so. I mean, as a player, you have a union set up for you to take care of you, to make sure that these actions are taken care of, handled accordingly, not swept under the rug, and waiting for the player to finally come out on a legal document and, you know, say what he said. Yeah. Weez? I mean, once again, it's... It's it's like a cover, you know, cover up is the key here. It's to protect the image of, you know, the NHL, your organization, everything. It's a cover up. So they're just not they don't know how to deal with this, right? Sexual assault is, you know, fairly frequent in minor hockey. So it, it's time for the culture, you know, this is going to be I think good overall because there's many players that's come out and said, you know, I was I was abused by a coach, you know, in the in this junior program and and such. It's it's this is going to be good. It's it's now time that you know, 
the commissioners, if you look at commissioners, don't know how to handle things like this either. They're businessmen. I mean, look at Goodell. He's getting sued by four different things. Now Manfred can't figure out that the Tomahawk's racist. It's like these guys aren't equipped to deal with this either. Just because they're elected commissioner doesn't make them geniuses here. So it's now time for hockey to get, you know, get all these guys together, get, you know, form a committee, come up with rules, like training, like the whole reason our, our camp has this training is because at another camp, a similar, it's all a part of this organization had an issue of this. So we quickly, everybody had to go through this and you, you learn about it. It's time. It is time. Hockey does that from all the way to the top, all the way to the bottom. I, I happen to agree now. Um, what, what's next? What is the next, I guess, crumble to fall here? I don't know if there's a crumble that has to fall. I think Weez hits it right on the head when I think we have to address is okay. At the pinnacle, sexual assault or actions like that are, you know, few and far between, but they are the most, um, you know, they're the, they're the strongest actions. They, when those things happen, you're like, whoa. But we don't go from like zero to 100 right away. There's, you know, there's certain situations, there is behaviors, there is culture, like we said, that is built upon through this sport. I've been part of it as well on both sides uh, where you as an organization, you may allow, you may not allow certain behaviors to exist. Uh, I mean, back in the day, I mean, the 80s and 90s, there was hazing stories galore in all over minor hockey, junior hockey. The CHL is in the midst of a massive, uh, they're dealing with a hazing issue right now and a lawsuit involving many players in the CHL. So if you look at marijuana being a gateway drug, so to speak, and leading to other things, well, there's other activities and behaviors that lead to these actions being, you know, done but then also not being taken care of. And from a minor hockey's perspective here in up north, hazing is no longer allowed. You cannot initi have initiation parties. You're not supposed to have those types of actions amongst players because if those things do happen, then coaches and organizations should be handling those players accordingly. So I think as a culture standpoint, what has to happen is I think, and I think it has because we've seen players come out more than ever in the last four or five years. They have a more comfortable platform with power and numbers and safety saying, you know what, now is the right time or now is a better time than a decade ago for me to come clean and state my case. And we'll look at it and say, and I, I looked at it the same way and said, what, it, what took you so long, man? Like 10 years, you kidding me? Like are you struggling for money? Is something going on? You know, What's the deal here? Like, what's what's the mo? But the mo is that is exactly that. Here is a player who has the resources available, has the platform available, and is bringing something that was in question a decade ago to the forefront with you know the support and with the tools needed so that he can get help. We're hoping that's the one thing that we're waiting for. I think that's the next thing is how are we going to support players like this? and make sure that they themselves have the supports and the resources to make sure that they are getting through this as best as they can. 
I was reading an article on USA Today, and I think I heard plural and players. I, I think there's another one out there that's not coming out. There's another one out there in this case that is not coming out yet. I think that's going to happen soon, if, if there is another player. I could be wrong, I, but that's what I read. So, it's this is a sick situation. I had to do this safe sport training. I'm a part of, the, part of a board here in St. Louis. And had to do the safe sport training. And it kind of hit home when this story came out. Like, wow, you need to know exactly how to handle these situations. Or you're going to be out of a job. So, I don't know. It, we just kind of put this up in a bow. Do you think there is somebody else? Do you think there will be more NHLers coming forward at this point? Well, yeah. I mean, because now it's, it's, you know, you're. It's easier to talk about it, right? You're not the first. You're definitely, you know, you have the platform. It, it, you know, back in the '90s, there was no social media. There was nothing where you know it was all. It was all you know management. This and this, and like think about it. The athlete is becoming more empowered in the leagues. Look at the NBA, right? They're they're just getting together. They're making like you know. Uh, I want to play with you. It, it's like they are getting the power. They 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 had games canceled because they they protest. They're like you know during the it was in the bubble. I think it was the uh, the killing of sales. yeah yeah. And so they're the 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 athlete is becoming more empowered because I actually think because of social media and and the way climate is like you know people are anti management. Think about it here. Joe, like everybody is against the Cardinals front office right now because of the way they're handling stuff, right? You're not, you're not on the side of management anymore. You're more on the player's side. And so I think you're going to be, people are going to be more empowered and you tell the story and they fix the culture. It, it's a different culture now, right? And to help fix the culture, you have to get some of these old guys out, right? Cause it's, they're, they're still stuck in their old ways. You're like, this is how we did it back in the seventies and eighties, right? Well, you can't do that anymore. You have to you have to protect people. You're absolutely right. Now, before we go, there is one more thing that I it, that deserves to be talked about NHL wise, and that's the owners not being happy with Gary Bettman at this point. Obviously, him not handling the Blackhawks situation well at this point, even before this. But there's other things that the NHL owners they want him gone. They want Bettman gone. Um, do you think there is a change coming in the NHL from that perspective? Theo. He's been there for over 25 years. He's a lawyer. He knows he, he knows how to handle his cards better than anybody in yeah. the NHL. He's, he's shown that. He's done that. He has, I mean, like you said, as a commissioner of a big four organized, big four sport in North America, his job is to make sure his owners are making money, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And the organization and the and all of the clubs are profitable. And his job, maybe further down the road, is the image of the NHL. This is clearly a black eye to the image of the NHL. But at the same, and you know what? And if he knew, if he knew about it eleven years ago, Stan Bowman came up to him and said, "Hey, we got this issue." How do you want to handle this? I mean, why aren't we questioning whether or not he knows? 
my is guess it? is my guess is they didn't tell him because they're like we're gonna keep this in house. Don't we don't you know if it a one message it gets to the media then you have a firestorm right during a Stanley Cup run or while you're celebrating the parade it's like video coach assaults player like they kept that under the rug you know they kept everything as normal so it didn't get out. That's, I mean, that's how, that's how sport, that's how they handle things like that. I mean, working for the Cardinals, I've seen some stories where they're like, all right, just, you know, you didn't like, cause you know, being a producer, I've overheard, it's like, you didn't hear that. And I was like, well, yeah. I, so, and that's just how things work. And, and, and just like Theo said, like making money, Joe, like they might say they're mad at him, you know, cause this, you know, the sport doesn't look great right now, but they, he just got them a brand new TV deal with two new networks where they're making more money, where it's set, where hockey is set to grow from here. Right. So they're, they're going to say, Oh, we're not happy about the way he handled things here. You know, it's a black guy, but deep down they don't care because as long as the money's coming in and he's making them money, he's going to have a job. Levels of information shouldn't be levels. I mean, like you said, we, I mean, being a privy to certain conversations, being a fly on the wall, so to speak, to some of them and hearing things like the elevator conversation or the cooler talk. When you have big guys involved in those conversations and they give you that glance like, hey, that's a that's off the record, then you know that something's up. Yeah. And when those kind of conversations happen and it's like, whoa, those are some suits happening with some serious big deal. Um, which I guess they have to be kept like that, but in this circumstance, no. I mean, right. There's certain like, things where you just have to, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, you, when you say stuff, you say stuff. When you need to say something, you need to say something. And when you don't come forward on a matter like this that is taking into account the jeopardy of the safety of a player, then that is that is the line of the that is the crossing of the line. And I know Joe would agree with me on that. Is where you have to say, listen. Something has to be done. And, I mean, granted, it's not the best timing of anything. I mean, there's Johnny Taves holding a cup up in the middle of United Center in front of the big, huge kidney bean or whatever they were. And then on the bottom of the screen, you say, breaking news, scandal within the Hawks organization. Would you rather have it then or would you rather have it 11 years from now? And you'd rather have it neither, but you would least like to have it handled in a timely fashion. Yeah. And I think now we are seeing the grumblings of athletes coming out in more of a present time as opposed to a past tense. Like you said, there are, I mean, we talk about, you know, easy things like, well, I want to play with this player. I want to do that with this player. But we're seeing more of those grumblings with other athletes in different sports coming to the forefront immediately or mm -hmm. soon present immediately because they're saying, this needs to be handled now. This is for my well-being. It's not, it's not, I mean, the culture has always been team first, individual second. And we're seeing now how the individual is now creeping to get more of that power and individuals coming first and team is coming second. I mean, look at the NFL PA. I mean, the PA has come out and said, get as much money as you can as an individual player because your lifespan in this NFL right now is diminishing and getting smaller by the minute. So if you can go get paid, get paid. But then you've got players that have been around for 14, 16, 18 years now that have had tremendous careers. Look at these newbies and say, wait a second, this guy doesn't buy into the team. He's not looking for the ring. He's looking for his dollar. 
And that is part of that culture that has drastically changed. Now, in the NHL, you're starting to see it as well. I mean, Joe and I have said, how much money in the Toronto Maple Leafs is involving the top five players? Close to 48% of their salary is in five players. Amazing compared to what the Blues have done or the Jets have done. I mean, being able to grasp it out. But when you look at players and what they're grabbing and what they need to grab, they're looking, they're taking care of themselves. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's just the way culture has kind of said, okay, you're not – I don't have a chance of playing for a team. I don't have a chance of winning a cup. I'm going to get paid. Yeah, if I'm playing so, for Toronto, I want to get paid because I'm not going to win up there, right? Jack <laughs> Campbell and the OUA goaltender that's backing him up with the flavor of the week ain't going to cut him. I mean, I right. think he's playing better now, but still. I mean, the bottom line is, you know – Trust in the process. I mean, case in point, your blues with Mr. Berube and Mr. Armstrong, probably one of the better relationships in the front office over the last two or three years. Granted, they didn't have the greatest of seasons last year. And a gentleman by the last name, Tarasenko, was finally playing decent hockey again. But you knew that this process would take time. And I think we always hear trust the process, but it's a here and now league. It's what are you doing for me now? What have you done for me lately? And one thing I've been trying to teach Joe since, you know, coming on to do this podcast is, Joe, you you keep thinking of as a fan, you have to realize this is a business, right? Everything people are doing here is a business, right? Yes, this this looks bad, right? Just this scandal looks bad, but it's going to ruin my, it's going to be really bad for my business. How do I handle this so I don't look bad? You know, why, why, why did we fire Schilt? Because business, like, the middle management where the baseball manager is now did not get along with upper management in the business. That's why he got fired. It's a business. Yeah. I, I yeah. It's easier to control a 34 year old brand new GM or brand new manager of a baseball club than to have a guy like Snicker who's been in there for almost five decades, doesn't even know what the word analytics means, doesn't even right. look at analytics. Here he is winning a World Series. I love that story. I think yeah. that's fantastic. <laughs> Well, by the way, the Braves went farther than the Oakland A's, Joe. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, we had that bet going that uh, the the I had the A's winning more games than the Braves, and especially why, after why that. You... <laughs> this was in March. This was, this in, was in March. No, I, why are you picking the A's? <laughs> like, no, because you're you're a big fan of Moneyball, and you think this still works where everybody's doing Moneyball. They've just Billy Bean was the one that wrote the book on it, and. You know how many <laughs> how many playoff series have they won based off Moneyball? They get there and they just don't do anything, Joe. See, Weez, I'm, I'm an old school guy, Weez. I like I I look at analytics and all those numbers and say, this isn't math class. This is hockey. Uh, that's I'm the same way. You know, it's good to have those numbers because you know, but it, it you don't play you don't play the game on a computer. You play the game on a field. Yeah, yeah that's true. Now, <laughs> I I've. Weez has taught me some things over the past, what, how how long we've been doing this now? Three months? I don't know. When did you get months? fired? I didn't get fired. <laughs> they just left. They just left. Um, but. Um, Can't get fired from something you go, you don't get paid for either. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, uh, quickly, quickly before we go, um, your thoughts on the Eichel trade to Vegas. You want to talk about Moneyball? This is a complete opposite. Um yeah. Uh, right. As if right now there has to be another move made for Vegas, right? Not right now. They've got four months before Eichel potentially could be even on the ice. So he has to have surgery. 
he's not getting on the ice until he has surgery. I mean, the big caveat to this was, okay, which team is going to take Jack Eichel? And then Jack Eichel's agent and Jack Eichel himself says, which team is going to allow me to have surgery right now? Because the Buffalo Sabres weren't agreeing with the player safety, the player procedures. That was the big, big ticket there. And look what they got in return. They got a player who, you know, Winnipeg Ice uh, WHL player, Peyton Krebs, who I think is a phenomenal guy with the puck, sees the ice very well. He's very similar to a Nick Backstrom. Uh, and they're getting Tuck, who's still on the I IR right now. Like, he's injured for the next four to six weeks, potentially. So he's suffering, coming back from a shoulder surgery. And they're retooling, getting two great draft picks. I mean, they're getting a first and a second in the 22 or the 23. So they knew Jack Eichel wasn't going to be wearing a Buffalo Sabres jersey. What can we get out of them that's going to stockpile us for the future? But unfortunately for Buffalo Sabres fans, you can't stockpile when you have to show them now what your product is looking on the ice. Like you just got rid of a number one draft pick. I mean, last year, the Winnipeg Jets got rid of a number two draft pick and you know, yeah, we got a three back, but they're not getting it. They got a 17 and a couple others coming back. So I don't, you have to look at the Vegas aspect. They're not finishing in the bottom 10. So they're not looking to get like a top 10 draft pick from Vegas here anytime soon. They got a couple right. of mid twenties. So does that, bode well for the Buffalo Sabres? I guess so. But Jack Eichel is, what, 23, 24 years old? He's fairly young. Probably going to be in that program and that organization for a lot of years, and they know what he's worth. I mean, here's a guy that led the Sabres in everything but goals against average last year. And the guy was a pretty – he's a pretty phenomenal talent. Yeah, he is. Um, Weez, do you think there's a move coming? I mean, they're going to be over the cap right now when he does come back. I mean, I guess you don't have to start thinking about it until he comes back. But I mean, for, if he's out four months, that puts you March, puts you right over the playoff window. This is the Tampa Bay Lightning. All and this is like, this is how you you know you get around it, right? Oh, you know, Kucherov's hurt again, right? He's on there. We'll see him in the playoffs. It's just a workaround. If if you have, you know, this is this is how you manipulate the cap. Exactly, exactly. We do you have anything else before we go? I think I'm good. I didn't I didn't feel like this uh this episode needed you know, a, a little nose. It was a little serious and we don't need to make fun of you in this episode. Yeah, though. thank you. Thank you. Uh one of these times I'm gonna have Theo on when we do a Joe Nose just so we get but yeah, to we can have him it. on we can have him on for more fun topics, you know. Oh, yeah. thanks, Weez. I appreciate it. I got the seal of approval. Awesome. Yeah, I mean we don't need to just have him on to talk about, you know, the serious. Yeah. 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 So no, um I, just to, I want to add real quick, I mean, this yeah. is this is not this is a very heavy topic, a big deal conversation, obviously. Um you know, whether whatever level of sport you're playing in, whether you are a six-year-old getting into a sport or you're, you know, professional, understand that there are avenues and there are people there to support you to make sure you make this decision to come out. And if you need the support, find it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, don't hold, you know, in what's going to take care of what could detriment your own uh, way of life and your own well-being. Uh, please make sure that, you know, you talk to the right people get the help you require and acquire that resource for yourself because we don't want to hear stories like this. I mean, it's bad enough that we hear this one. We know that they happen. We just need to, you know, make sure that we are taking care of them as best as our ability. But, and just to add, like, if you want to help, there's classes all over that will teach you how to hit, like how to deal this and how to spot predators and how to, 
how to report you know that's the key that like all these all these people have tendencies and the classes that they will teach you how to find these tendencies or you know if something's odd don't be afraid you know just report it that's all you have to do you'll save it is always better to omit than cover up right find that everywhere every crime if you try to cover it up 10 years down the line it always comes back just a minute when it happens it's easier you can wash your hands joe quinville could set the all-time win record if he just would have said yeah this dude's a creep we had to get rid of him that's all he would have had to do yeah canon taze yeah don't uh, don't try to protect right now but that that's another story I'll, I'll get to that if if it ever comes up again um for weezer we're uh, for Theo, I'm Joe Hamilton coming to you from King Wee's Production Studios. Until next episode, have a good weekend, guys.